Welcome back to Calix Cafe. Today I'm interviewing Craig Mooney, VP of Science and eTech Enabled Services, and we're going to talk IRT and site data ownership. I can't wait for this interview, so let's get going. Hi everyone and welcome back to Calix Cafe. Today I am joined by Craig Mooney, who is Calix's VP of Science and eTech Enabled Services. Hi Craig, how are you today? Doing terrific, Sylvain. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so I saw that you, you have your uh, Calix mug with you. Uh, what's your drink of choice? I'm uh... Good old fashioned, regular American coffee <laughs> with a couple of Splenda and a little bit of milk. I'm a simple man when it comes to my hot drinks. Well, simple is not bad. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it's good. Um, so do you have any particular ritual when you prepare your coffee or uh, anything specific you like about it? Yeah, well, I used to not drink coffee uh, really until about two years ago. But now I have a very specific ritual where I, I usually get up very early. I go for about a two to three mile walk. And then after I finish, then I start to make my coffee as I prepare. And I usually keep it in a, in a, a Yeti mug that comes with me into the shower. <laughs> so coffee is joining me throughout my morning until I get to my desk and then, and then I get another cup. So why don't you tell our audience how you got into uh, the industry and clinical trials? Well, I, when I got out of, when I was in college, actually, I, I had the opportunity to, to do some work in the summers for one of the very first CROs in the industry, uh, J.H. Bessler Associates. And I just really fell in love with uh, clinical trials and, and what that was all about and how it, how it served. And uh, when I graduated, I got the opportunity to, to get a job in the in industry. And then I eventually found myself uh, into the IRT space in about 97, 98, and that I really enjoyed a lot. Um, and it was something I had, I developed a, a skill for and, a, and an enjoyment of and understanding of the technology. So that's my story uh, as it relates to, to clinical research started about, like I said, in, in college, like very early nineties. Uh, and then finally my first job in the industry, a uh, full-time job. Wow. So. IRT in 97, 98, so you must have seen so many changes over the years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. At first it was phone, uh, voice only, and then I had the opportunity, I watched um, things like the first configurable system, a company that I worked for, we created an internal tool for us to do configuration, which was pretty exciting stuff. Uh, then of course, the, the internet, uh, which really kind of blew it up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was there in the days where we used to have to send out what we called tone dialers, <laughs> which were little boxes to replicate uh, the sounds of the telephone in touch tone, uh, because some of the, the, the countries we were working in still had rotary telephones. So that's sort of the, the depth of the experience that I have, starting from, you know, sort of rotary phones to now where every single site has web-enabled technology. It's pretty incredible. 
Yes, and I'm, uh, I'm glad for the new technology actually. It sounds much less of a hassle. <laughs> um, so uh, there's a topic that uh, we've discussed a bit in the past, but I uh, wanted to, to talk a bit more about with you today, uh, and it's site data ownership. Um, do you have any experience, anything you want to share on that topic with us? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think that this is a bit of a, of a mind shift um, or a, a change in the landscape uh, that I've seen probably in the last two or three years. Um, and this really came out of an inspection um, that happened at, at my last employer with the MHRA. And they were starting to make suggestions or ask for things that I had never heard of before in the IRT space. Um, things like, you know, wanting to make sure that the sponsor was not as integrated into the data change process as was typical. Meaning, typically, um, you'll see a lot of organizations want to, in, or sponsors, insert themselves into the process where a site will request a data change and the sponsor will have to approve that data change. Um, and that was a sort of typical practice. Uh, obviously, there's some data changes that, that should never be made, such as you know changing a randomization date or time. But other typical changes were even being reviewed by sponsors and approved and, and sort of had a, a feedback loop. And, and in our inspection and some of the discussions with the agencies, they were really saying that's the investigator's data. You know, they're responsible for uh, determining whether or not that data is valid or not, and uh, and not and not the sponsors. That also sort of manifested itself in in the concept of you know what happens at the end of a study. Now, typically in the um, ECRF space, an investigator would get probably still this like a CD, right, uh, of all of their data from the ECRF, or even in sort of an uh, ECOA or EPRO um, environment, same thing, the investigator would get, you know, all their, all their data. That wasn't something that was happening in the IRT space. And I, and I remember having the conversation with the regulators and talking about that and them, you know, sort of communicating, well, it's really the same thing. Um, and so when I was bringing that to my business partners, the response is pretty much universally, well, Craig, this really isn't an IoT thing. It's not something that that is expected. And sort of my communication back to my business partner was, but it's coming. It's it's a change in mindset. And you can expect to start to see this request um, from other um, uh, sponsors as this sort of becomes a little bit more widely known. Okay, so that's... A that's a cha change in um, data ownership then uh, for the site data, if I understand you, you well. Um, how much of a, I want to say, headache is it for a sponsor to change a process like this, like you explained, where they used to approve the, the data changes, but now they don't anymore? Yeah, well, I think in, in my circumstance, it was... First of all, when when you have the, the 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 impact of a regulatory inspection, um, you can always point to that and say, "Listen, I, this is not you know something that 
I myself, Craig Mooney, have decided is a best practice. It's what we're hearing from a regulator. And that always motivates an organization to say, okay, well, if that's the, the prevailing perspective, then that's something that we should be that we should be doing. Um, now, how difficult is it? Well, in fact, when it comes to sort of the approval process uh, in sort of data changes, that was actually not that difficult. It was really about a change in understanding uh, and working with our the vendor partners to say, this is what this process should look more like. We're going to change sort of um, the workflow. That wasn't so difficult. That was more of just a change in attitude and a change in understanding. When it came to the end of study data, where we are delivering that study back to the investigator, um, including all of the data changes um, and audit trails around those data changes, who made the change, when they made it, that was more difficult, um, mostly because sponsors, um, a lot, many, 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 uh, rely on vendor partners for their for their IRT um, services. There are some that have some in-house processes as well, and they're going to have to they're going to have to take a look at this as in the same in the same light. So I think the challenge for sponsors right now is to be able to understand that this isn't just their change, it's a change for the industry, and trying to figure out how they can fit into supporting that. As an example, at the last organization was at, I was at, I would say to my vendor partners, please don't just solve this for my organization, you have to help solve it for the industry. And that means working with individual sponsors to sort of work out also, well, what does delivery look like? Um, how do we get this data to the sites? How, so I think that that part, the sort of end of study data delivery, that's where sponsors really are going to have to be more involved in working through the logistics, identifying what, what data to go, the audit trails, and, and to be frank, as you and I have talked about, Savant, this is ripe for sort of some industry discussion. Uh, that way, uh, people aren't just running off and, and maybe doing their own thing. So I, I think it will require a lot of sponsor participation, uh, but also recognizing that they're not. This is not just an ask for their particular organization, but a kind of a change in the landscape in IRT day. Yeah, that's very interesting and. I agree with you that it's something that we should look at across any sponsor, any vendor and have like a, a solution that fits, uh, if not all the requirements, most of the requirements so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel when a sponsor changes vendor or vice versa when a vendor works for a different sponsor. I fully agree with you. Um, so we've talked about the, the sponsor uh, side of uh, this new recommendation. How about the sites? How do you think sites will respond to that? Well, so if I'm being honest, I, you know, I'm pretty transparent that in some ways this, this looks like a responsibility that sites aren't particularly asking for, <laughs> meaning I think that this is also 
uh, a change in understanding of what IoT data is for sites as well. So I think at this point, most people have seen IoT as a transactional process. Now I'm going to put this data in so that I can get out this con drug container or this you know IMP uh, material, or such that I can randomize the patient and get a and get a um, a treatment assignment for the patient. I think what sites are now recognizing is that the care and the duty and the data management process that they have put forth for their ECRF is now going to have to be um, sort of translated into the IRT space as well. Um, I honestly don't know, you know, when these, in let's say in the old world uh, or the previous world, when, you know, the ECRF CDs would arrive, I don't know if they got put in a drawer. <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever actually looked at that data or went through to say, hey, I, I want to I do a thorough review. So in some regards, I think the changes will be about looking at sites, looking at IRT data a little differently. Um, also getting used to maybe not having to use that sort of sponsor approval process, but also what they will do with this data when they receive it. Um, is something that, to be honest, I'm not 100% clear yet of how they're going to respond, um, and and it also sort of requires a certain amount of infrastructure or process on their on their side if they don't have it yet. I mean, they should since they're getting ECRF data very in this sort of very similar way. So in some ways, it might not be too much of a burden at all since they should already have a process for it for the for ECRF data. It just might mean recalibrating their mind around what IRT data is versus what it may have been look what it may have looked like in the past oh yeah so it's interesting because you mentioned like changing culture for the sponsors and in a way it's a it's a similar change in culture for sites um, but what I'm hearing is that there's probably a good opportunity to engage with sites to understand uh, how they uh, they see this change happening for them as well in the process. Yeah, I would also like to add something. So we're sort of at a pivot point now around technology, right? How do people want to get this data, right? Uh, when I when I when I engaged my business partners, when I worked at a sponsor, part of my point is I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it coming to my organization. This is something I'm relying on my, my vendor partner to be able to, to deliver this data. And I think that was really something that regulators also said, you know, as it relates to data integrity, we don't want to see this data coming to a sponsor and then going to the site. It should go from the repository directly to the, um, to the site, not sort of into the sponsor's care. But also, you know, we're at a point now where should this be hosted you know should this data instead of you know i mean honestly i've not had a laptop or a desktop with a cd drive in it probably in five years i'm not even sure if you can buy one uh so and thumb drives are, are they're not they're not particularly safe uh so there are things like how are we gonna maybe host this data for sites um so i think those sort of delivery questions and this is also true i think in the ECRF space too. So I don't think this is necessarily um, 
just an IRT data problem. But I think we're at a point where we really have to think about modern data sharing processes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, right, I'm sorry, but I think that's all we've got time for today, unfortunately. However, uh, as uh, people who are watching us regularly know, I like to ask a bit of a tricky question at the end. Um, so is there anything in IRT landscape or in the clinical trials industry in general that you'd like to see in the future? I think I'd like to see a little bit more understanding. It's sort of related to what we talked about. I think, I think we need to do a little bit more understanding on on data and data integrity but also on sort of on the flip side around sort of one of the things that you and i've talked a little bit about our direct to patient and what that looks like and so i'm interested to see how irt can be more site friendly uh how we can really understand that um that our cu primary customer is the site and, and try to do as much engagement as, as possible. Um, I think we're going to see, we're going to continue to see more integrations um, with IRT. I think we're going to see uh, more opportunities to engage with other business partners um, in IRT, uh, people who want our data. Uh, people who want to contribute uh, to the IoT process with their data. So I see a, probably more integration going forward in the future and more sophisticated integration uh, instead of just saying, oh, we're going to send you this CSV file or, or something like that. I something, see something a little bit more sophisticated. Um, there's so much data out there, and I think now's the time to be able to figure out how to move it more seamlessly um, across platforms and partners uh, for the efficiency of clinical trials. So that's what I'm really looking for. And that's a very nice challenge to have. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, right, Craig, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us here at Calix Cafe. And for uh, everyone who's been listening, uh, again, thank you for joining. Uh, as you can tell, both Craig and I are very passionate about IRT. Um, but we'll see you uh, again soon for another great interview at KX Cafe. Thank you.